uh, we want to speak today about running the race to win. Um, by the way, our pulpit should be arriving in the week. So this is not a permanent fixture, and uh, we're looking forward to having our own pulpit, which will be nice. And the other thing is that tonight at midnight, something very special happens. And that is that the lease agreement between ourselves and Enchem or Aleta ends at midnight. And so from the 1st, 2nd of uh, February, it is all over. <laughs> and uh, both the purchase transaction and the rental agreement and all of that terminates at midnight tonight. And so from midnight tonight, it is our responsibility, this that God has entrusted to us. And strange as it may be, it's also my daughter's birthday. And we went yesterday to take 14 10 and 11 year olds, little girls, to movies. Now, I haven't been to movies for a while, so that was an awakening. But just getting these 14 young ladies into the cinema was a hard thing. And we went to the cinemas that we used to be in. And I was just amazed. I went there and I thought, I'm so glad we got to use this place while it was brand new. <laughs> but it was just like, I went there and I thought, I'm so thankful God gave us the courage. So thankful that that God allowed us to have the strength. Because, you know, to go to a public place and have church in a cinema, I mean, that's, that's a daring thing. And I'm so thankful that many of you, who are you, of you were there in it one day in the theater? Look at that. And God is so faithful. And... That's why I, you know, I just want to speak about running the race to win because I think it's, it's such an important aspect. And uh, my dad used to refer to a song. And he used to, these were the words. It was, keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. Keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. For there's a race that I must run and a victory to be won. Give me power every hour. Keep me true. And I thought, how can I explain this word true? Keep me true. And I thought of the word true north. And I went and looked it up and it says, it's a line anywhere on the earth that will take you to the North Pole. And I tell you, it's like there needs to be the, this thread in our lives that keeps taking us back to our Heavenly Father. Must keep taking us back. And the funny thing is, in the world we have magnetic north and true north. And mariners have to make calculations because there's an error. And magnetic north is slightly off true north. And they have to make adjustments to be able to make sure that they arrive where they need to, to arrive. And, and even so, in, in the world we live in today, there's like, there's this one degree off that you can take. Just marginally. And you know, at the beginning, 
you don't seem to notice it. But when you wake up and you open your eyes, you are far off the mark. And I believe we need to pull that mark in line. And uh, that's why this song has so much meaning for me. Keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. There's a race that must be run. And by virtue of the fact that you are here, that you're a child of God, there's a race that you have to run. But there's also a victory to be won. And then it says, give me power every hour, keep me true. I don't know if you've discovered it, but there's some times when the strength of God on a daily basis is not enough. You need it moment by moment. And I believe we can ask God to do that for us. But I believe we all desire to to run the race, to win, to finish well. A couple of years ago, I was reading a book by Steve Farrar called Finishing Strong. And it was one of those books that just left a mark on me. Because I want to finish strong. And as you go along the road of life, there are many things that can distract you and rob you of being able to finish strong. And this week I was reminded of that as we've been moving into the building I've been going through at home over the years. I've been collecting historical things and memorabilia and I've just been keeping it and clippings and all the rest of it. And I found a framed picture of my father and my mother with a group of spiritual leaders who had 20, 25 years ago began a fellowship of Christian churches. And I thought, oh, that's nice. It's nice full color framed. And as I looked at it, I realized that three out of the four had ended in divorce. Three out of four. And I thought to myself, Lord, please help me to finish strong. Help me not to fall into the things that happen along the course of life. Because I want to finish strong, and I believe it's part of the kingdom living that God has called us to, that we would finish strong. And I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of it in my own heart. The Bible speaks about running a race, but it also speaks about fighting the good fight. And it says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Now, what is a good fight? What is a good fight? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Is a good fight a fight that you lose? Boy, I was in Pretoria Boys High when we were growing up and we used to love to go back on the hill there and there would always be fighting going on and we could get to watch it. And um, there was only one good fight and it was the one who won. Is the good fight a fight in which you end up damaged? I can't believe that. I believe a good fight is a fight you win. And uh, I believe God has called us to fight the good fight of faith and win. There was a lady in our church, Elsie Hartley, and when she passed away, I can't remember what her age, must have been close to 80, they put the scripture on her tombstone. And it's not far from my father's grave. And once in a blue moon, when I go to the cemetery, I will go and look at her grave, it's just down the road, and I'll have a look and I'll remind myself of the scripture. Fight the good fight of faith. 
You know, and, and I believe God is calling us to fight the good fight and to win the race, to stay the course, pass the test, win the fight, and finish well. It's in your DNA. It's in your DNA. But I want to look at a couple of people in the Bible and their fight. I'm hoping that something of their story will help you in your race, in your fight, in your reaching the goal. Look at David. Man, David was an amazing person. Now, David had a great start to his career. He had a great start to his career. Do you know what he did? He killed Goliath. I mean, can you imagine a better start? Here you are, a little shepherd boy. You go down and there's two mighty armies fighting against each other. And you say, I'll settle this battle. And you take a stone and a sling and you, you sling and hit the giant. And the giant falls and dies and your nation conquers. I mean, David had a great start. I mean, he was the hero. People were singing his praises. He had a great start. And he went on to have many successes. But then one day something happened. And he saw Bathsheba, another man's wife, standing on the balcony bathing. Now what she was doing standing on the balcony bathing for, ladies, don't stand on the balcony and bathe. But that's what happened. And eventually he falls into sin. And, you know, his life was never quite the same. I think that was the beginning of so many regrets. But today, you and I gain strength from his fight. And so I want to say to you, be careful of sin. As we want to run to win the race or to fight the good fight, be careful of sin. Be careful. I found this quote years ago. haven't forgotten it. It says, sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. So David, he had this great start. So maybe you, some of you had a great start, and now somewhere you've left in the wilderness of things that happened. It's not too late to win the race. Another one was Moses. Now Moses had an uncertain start. He didn't have a big coming with a bang start. Do you know what happened to Moses? His mother had to make a plan because they were killing all the little boys. And so what did he do? What did she do? She made him a little basket. And she put him in the basket and she pushed him out into the Nile River. Now let me just tell you the Nile River is not your one meter stream. It's one of the greatest, biggest rivers in the world. And here she pushes him out onto the water. Let fate take its course. Just let it go. He had an uncertain start. And then it seems like he may have had various other things that he was challenged with. But he goes floating down the Nile River, ends up at the palace, becomes a prince, and you would have thought that now 
the, the nation of Israel was set up for deliverance because they had a representative in the palace. You would think, wow, how has God orchestrated all of this? That they have a man in the palace. And in the midst of that, one day, he sees this Egyptian altercation with a, one of the Jewish people. And I don't know if he loses his temper or loses his but the Egyptian ends up dead. And then he has to go running into the wilderness. And for 40 years, he must sit there in the wilderness, attending to sheep from a palace to a desert. There he goes. And I can imagine he felt disqualified. We're talking about running a race today. And I want to say to you, if you feel disqualified today, there is hope for you. If you feel you've done something that has disqualified you, you made a choice, you took a decision, and now you feel disqualified, I want to say, God is the great restorer. He's the one who can come and restore you. And God had not forgotten Moses. I am so happy about the story of Moses. When I was growing up, one of the things I feared was messing up my calling. And here we see Moses messed it up big time. But God hadn't changed his plan. It's always an encouragement to me. We looked at David. We looked at Moses. Look at Joseph. I like to call Joseph's fight a hiccup. A hurdle and an obstacle. A hiccup, a hurdle, and an obstacle. And it's actually far greater than that. But, I mean, Joseph, he must have faced the biggest rejection any human being could ever face. I mean, here is he, he is his father's favorite son. His father makes him a coat of many colors. He's just the bell of the ball. He hears from heaven and has dreams and has a direct connection to God. And what does he get for it? They throw him in a pit. Then they sell him into slavery. Then he gets there and he's in Potiphar's house and he gets falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Then he ends up in jail and he's forgotten about. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if Joseph battled with rejection and abandonment. And I want to encourage you today, if in your race or your, the fight of faith, you feel rejected and abandoned today, it's like you are sitting in this little jail, that's what happened to Joseph, and completely forgotten about. It's not too late. It's not too late. That's the joy of it, that God can come and in one day take him from the prison to the throne. So it doesn't matter whether you had a great start, an uncertain start, whether sin has had its filthy hands in your life, whether you feel disqualified, abandoned, or rejected, it's not too late for your race. But you know, the funny thing I've discovered is it's about how you finish. That's the, that's the strange thing. It's about how you finish. And that 
maybe it can be an encouragement to you today because you can stand up today and say, I'm going to continue running my race and I'm going to run the race to win. Yes, maybe I've had this, that, or the next thing. Maybe I didn't have a great start, but I can run my race to win. Jesus also had a fight. And the picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes in there and now he knows he's about to be crucified. He knows why he's there. It's his race. It's what he needs to do. But right in the midst of that, he says, if this cup can pass, let it pass. And then he says these words, but not my will, your will. And I tell you, that's where Jesus set the example for us. That we need to just, for a moment, move away from what we want. Where we want to go. Where we think we need to go. And we need to say, God, your will. I'm so happy that this lady came up to share today. Because she was speaking about that. And I believe it's so important that we make the right choice. It's the key to winning the race it's the key to fighting the good fight. And each and every day, you have got the opportunity to make those choices. And uh, you might think, ah, oh, but how am I going to overcome this? Choice by choice. Decision by decision. Day by day. That's how we overcome it. I want to give you an example of a bad end, just to compare things so that you can see it. The picture of a bad end is the story of Titanic and Mr. Captain Smith. Here he had a tremendous reputation. He was well known, well esteemed, handpicked for the job of taking this massive ship on its maiden voyage, the ship that not even God could sink. And that man managed single-handedly to sink that vessel. And I think he knew that he'd made some wrong choices, and that's why there's no, there's no evidence in history that he tried to save himself, but he did the honorable thing and went down with the ship. You see, we don't want to do that. We want to make the right decisions. When we hear the voice of the Lord saying, do this, do that, we want to be able to do that. Not like Mr. Smith, who in the when the message came in, icebergs, icebergs, SOS, icebergs, icebergs, he said, steer right ahead, I'm going to sleep. We don't want to do that. But we want to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We want to respond to the things that God tells us to do. And we want to finish well. We want to run this race to win. That's what we want to do. That's the challenge to each one of us. No matter what you've been through, no matter where you come from, let's finish well. Let's pick up the pieces and finish well. It's never too late to finish well. Why don't you turn with me in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Let me read it from the um, King James Version first, Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7. It says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. John Barton and myself often have uh, little 
interaction and we always say, how are you? And he says, I'm keeping the faith. My question to you is, how are you? Are you keeping the faith? He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And so it's never too late. We can pick up the pieces and we can make sure that the rest of our lives is a race run well. And I want to say one other thing. There is a particular race for you. Why don't you turn to Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. This time I'm reading from the Living Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up, and let us run with patience. And the Amplified adds the word endurance. The particular race that God has set before us. Verse 2. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Our leader and instructor. But those words it says. Let us run with patience and endurance. The particular race that God has set before us. My race is not your race. Your race is is not the same race as the person sitting next to you. Everybody has a unique, particular race they have to run. And that's why don't stand on the sidelines and throw stones. You don't know what race they're running. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what happened in their childhood or during their adolescence. You don't know. You don't know, perhaps, the loved ones they've lost or the, the things they've been through. You don't know that each one of us has a particular race to run and we have the opportunity of winning. It says, let us throw aside everything, all unnecessary weight, and let us run with patience, endurance, steady and active persistence, the appointed course of the race that's set before us. Don't concern yourself with how other people are doing in the race and whether they are doing what you would do. Run your race. Run your race to win. Make the right decisions along the way. How is this possible? I've just put down a few simple things here. Firstly, I want to say, today matters. Today matters. What you do today matters. We win, we win the race by winning today. Um, Michael Cassidy had a diary. He told us about this. And he said, in the diary was written, there are only two days in my life, this day and that day. There are only two days in my life, this day and that day, that day referring to when he would be with the Lord and die and go and be with his heavenly Father or when Jesus would come and fetch him. And the only things that are sure in life is this day and that day. 
So that's why it's so important what you do today. The decisions you make today. Today matters. That's point number one. Number two, be persistent and enduring. Don't just give up. Persist. Be determined. Number three, be alert. You know, the Bible says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. So be alert. See that, see it for what it is. Point number four, win the battle day by day or one battle at a time. Point number five, pass the test. Pass the test or the tests. Pass them. Don't fail the test. Point number six, keep your eyes on Jesus. Won't you just come in? We sang that beautiful song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be, don't, don't be distracted. I think I told you that the other day I get the newspaper delivered to my house every day and every day I read the newspaper and I found myself becoming very negative. And then my little delivery, little delivery scholar, he failed to bring my newspaper for two weeks and I suddenly started feeling positive. <laughs> I suddenly started thinking differently. Sometimes we just feed ourselves with all of this. And the Bible says, keep your eyes on Jesus. And remember, you are destined to win. It's in your DNA. Let's take one day at a time. And let's run the race to win. Not run the race to fail. And husbands, help your wives to win the race. Wives, help your husbands to win the race. Parents, help your children to win the race. Don't be the ball and chain. Help them to win the race. Your friends, people you love, brothers and sisters, help them to win the race. Do what you can. Get them to the line with you. It's such a beautiful picture at Comrades when you see them picking people up and carrying them across the finish line. I want to encourage you, grab hold of one another and cross the finish line. And God will say, well done, good and faithful. You are destined to win, it says in Hebrews 12 verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith and is also its finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God, the throne of God. Lord, we all desire to win the race. And Lord, today, if there's those, perhaps they had a great start, but they've lost something along the way. Or perhaps they've had an uncertain start, and that's really shaken them for life. Maybe, Lord, they've had a hiccup, a hurdle, an obstacle, an obstruction, or maybe they've made wrong choices. Lord, today we just put that all behind us. We ask you to forgive us. And today, Lord, we pick up our birthright as sons and daughters of God, and we say, Lord, we are here to run the race to win, 
to fight the good fight of faith and to keep the faith and that ultimately we will stand in your presence and you will say, well done. So we, we step out with boldness today, Lord, and we, we thank you that we can keep our eyes on you and that you will take us all the way to the end. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing to